When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And uh, Nick O'Hearn is joining us now. I can talk to Nick about that, but also about all the good news around these young players. There's some really good Australian amateurs doing extremely well, but also the efforts of uh, Nick Dunlap and what he did on the PGA Tour. Why is this happening? Well, Nick O'Hearn knows these these answers. Uh, He joins us now. G'day, Adam. Is it getting harder and harder to be a professional golfer now when we're seeing all these young players do extraordinary things, both in America uh, but also here in Australia? Oh, they're probably getting annoyed that all these young amateurs are coming along and winning their tournaments. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was an incredible win, obviously, in the in the US last week by Nick Dunlap. I mean, it is the first time it's happened over there since, uh, what was it, Phil Mickelson in 1991. So... Um, but the thing about, uh, I think, amateur golf all over the world, especially in America, is the, is the college system is so good and so strong right now. I mean, they uh, they really are prepared as soon as they come out of college in the U.S. If you looked at players like Colin Morikawa and um, Matty Wolf and, and other sort of players that, uh, you know, we, we sort of got to know pretty well early on straight out of college, they basically won over there. So, uh, so they're very well prepared. And then on the home front, as you mentioned, uh, Quinn Croker, he's... You know, he's, he already looks like a pro, basically, and he also just won the Australian Amateur last week as well. So we're uh, we're going to see a lot of him in the future, that's for sure. Yeah, so I guess we can sort of package the two of them together. So Quinn Croker last a uh, couple of weeks ago, I followed him around the final round at uh, the Heritage Classic where he finished second in a professional event. Matt Griffin had a big lead, but the way that, that Quinn played in the final round, how far he hits the ball... Uh, it was quite extraordinary. And then backing it up and winning the Australian Amateur. We're obviously doing some pretty good things in Australian golf as well when it comes to developing that next generation, that they're, they're ready to go in almost before they turn professional. Yeah, well, that's really the idea behind a lot of uh, Golf Australia's high-performance programs. I mean, they they hand-select some of these young players from early age in each state, whether it's... You know, the Queensland program, or here in Victoria or WA, uh, New South Wales, etc. They, they, you know, they identify young players fairly early and then put them into these high-performance programs to basically give them all the specialty training that they need. Um, you know, whether it's from uh, a coaching technique, technique point of view, or the psychologist and mental side, or, or the fitness. I mean, they really go into the biomechanics. Uh, of the human body these days, um, you know, it's well past my pay grade, that's for sure. I was more just a have a quick stretch and warm up and away you go type thing. But the more I learnt about it, obviously, the more the more it plays such a role, especially in the modern day golfers, um, uh, part of their toolkit because uh, it's such a physical game now. I mean, the, the speeds, as you mentioned, Quinn Croker was uh, was incredible how far he's hitting the ball off the tee, and, and you could sort of see the distance when he played with Matt Griffin, that's for sure. But um, but it's uh, you know it's all part of the package, and, and that's the idea, obviously, to get them get them ready for professional golf, and to and hopefully you know get them playing the Olympics and the majors and all the biggest events. So when Croker does what he does in Australia, and then Nick Dunlap does what he does in America, where he shot I think it was twenty nine under par to to hold off the likes of uh, Justin Thomas and, and Xander Shoffley, is it 
as much you talked about from a physical preparation point of view, but is it also the the younger generation that seem to to fear less that 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 they don't get intimidated? Is that part of why we're seeing so many younger golfers do so well? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's part of it, but uh, the other part is they're playing really high level competitive golf. I think at an earlier age now. I mean, the college, as I mentioned, the US college system is is pretty pretty tough competitions. And when I was living there in the US, we had uh, an event uh, in my home club there called the Arworth Invitational. And you can pretty much guarantee whoever won that tournament uh, in the next two or three years, you'd see them out on tour because they were already toughened or hardened from all this competitive golf that they were playing year in, year out in college. And I think here in Australia, it's probably pretty similar. There's, there's a lot of high quality three, four round golf tournaments going on. And again, back in my day, uh, you know, I just played the local Stableford Comp down to the Mount Lawley Golf Club. I didn't really play too many uh, uh, high-level competitions as a as a youngster when I was an amateur. So it certainly has changed, and um, and it's great to see you know, so many high-quality players. Um, we uh, Jasper Stubbs is another one on the men's side who just won um, he won the uh, event at Royal Melbourne. What was it the Asia Pacific Amateur? I think, and now he gets yep. to go to Augusta, which is awesome. And then you also had Amelia Harris, a 15-year-old who almost yes. won the Women's Australian Amateur last weekend. So there's Talent abounds. There's no doubt about that. How do you, and you cover uh, for Fox, and you know we hear you on SEN as well, but you cover the Australasian PGA Tour season, and we're going through that phase of the season now, the, the Webex series where we've got uh, the men and the women playing together. So we had Cobram last week. We've got Rosebud this week. Do you think that is, uh, is, that, wor- is that concept working, and who do you think benefits the most out of that sort of uh, initiative of having the two play together, the men and the women? Well, I mean, the biggest thing here in Australia is is finding um, is finding the funds for a lot of the young professionals uh, to play golf uh, for. So, I think with the men and women combining now, especially in this day and age, it's it's certainly helping the sponsors side of things to uh, to put the dollars in to to get these players playing together, whether it's together or separate. You know, I mean, we've got the big open coming up in a couple of weeks, and that's men and women playing together, but they're playing for separate purses. Whereas this week at Rosebud. The next one up, um, actually, it starts uh, today, doesn't it? Uh, you know, that, that they're only smaller events, but at least at least they're out there playing and competing against each other. I think the tricky side of it is is how they set the golf course up so the men and the women can compete on a on a level playing field. And um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Last week's event was won the previous two years by women golfers, whereas uh, uh, this time around it was won by a young, uh, well, New Zealander Kazuma Kabori and. And then he had his sister that he was playing with yeah. in, in the third round. So it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre golfing world we live in now. But it seems to be working here in Australia. And I quite like this uh, this concept and the format. It's um, as I said, it gets them out playing and and experience things. They're not winning enormous amounts of money, but at least they're competing and, and getting ready for the next step. And I think the key to it is, Nick, as you said, there's more tournaments, it feels like, than, than ever before. Certainly in, in sort of modern times, when we go back, you know, 20, 25 years, there were some, you know, significant tournaments here in Australia outside the, the, the top two or three. But I think now with that lure of, uh, from a men's point of view, uh, a DP World Tour card for the top three on the Australasian Tour of Merit, there is there is a lot to play for. They can really set up their lives. It might not be the money they'll get on the Australasian tour, but it's it's what ahead of them. It's what's ahead of them if they do really well. Yeah, exactly. We saw that I think last season with David Michaluzzi when yep. he was thinking about going to DP World Tour Q School and thought, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to focus on the 
on the Australasian circuit and get my card that way, and he was able to do it. And then you know, it's also going to change the lives of uh, Andrew Martin and Tom Powerhorn, who also got the second and third cards. So uh, you know, Andrew's actually more of a seasoned campaigner and has never played in Europe. So that's you know that's a great bonus for him. And then this year you can sort of see all these young players are going, ah, oh, okay, well now I can actually I can. Uh, play well here, well, then that'll get me there and so on and so forth. And, and then the other side of it is also qualifying schools. Um, you know, top 10, top 20 on the order of merit, that gets you into certain stages of Asian and uh, European and, and, and USQ schools as well. So there's a lot of benefits going on at the same time. So while we're talking about all the, the different ways of playing golf, I, I know that you've played a bit of the the blitz golf, which uh, got a bit of attention in the last few days uh, in Adelaide with Glenn Maxwell. <laughs> but uh, just uh, we had one event out at uh, at Eastern out near uh, Lilydale. Uh, there was one at Freeway Golf as well. Um, I went and had a look at it, and I actually really liked the concept. Twenty four players, six holes, down to twelve players for three holes, and then four players for one hole until we find a, a winner. It's another different way of looking at things, almost like T Twenty cricket for for golf. How did you? find the format and did you do you think it has a future particularly the way they do it with trying to get cricketers and footballers uh, involved as well as golfers yeah I, I think it does i mean simon zydek the guy who uh, contacted me initially him he and his team that uh, that, that run the event so they do a fantastic job and they, they always try and get the local golf club and the local community involved and the best thing about it is it's kind of over in two or three hours yep. it's not a full day or anything like that i did the one at um at freeway where I got through the first six holes and then played the next three, but unfortunately three pars doesn't cut it. You got to start <laughs> making birdies, and and then I was out at Eastern as well, but I, I didn't play very well. Unfortunately, out there was uh, they had a lot of rain, so it was, um, it was very bad wet. timing. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but I actually enjoyed the format because you know pretty quickly what's going on. You're in or you're out. It's a winner take all type scenario, and then they have these little playoffs which are nearest the pin type things to see if. If there's any ties that the players can advance, so uh, it certainly has legs. I mean, they they got the music going, and uh, there's plenty of activities. And uh, I'm sure the one in Adelaide was probably one of their biggest events, from what I heard. And uh, and it's 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 a, it has its place. It's a, it's a very niche part of the game, but I think um, you know for fun and excitement, and and I think for the family to come out on a whether it's a Sunday afternoon or something like that for a couple of hours and watch golf. It, it was, it was really good. Yeah, I agree. And the one out at Easton was unfortunately ruined by the, the weather, obviously. But you could see how the format could work. The the final hole, the sort of the, I guess, the shootout hole was it was a par three. And uh, yeah. the guy that won it won with a birdie where, the, you know, they were peppering the pins from about 130 metres out. But there was a fair bit of pressure involved. And as you said, winner take all. Uh, I don't know. I, I just saw it as a, as, a, as a TV event moving forward. Um, I think it has scope. I, I do too. Yeah, for sure. I think you could. Yeah, you know, the the one I played at Freeway had a had a DJ sort of sort of setup going yep. on, and you can hear the announcements going around the course. It was in a way, it was a bit sort of live golfish, yep. uh, but but a, even a smaller scale than that. So uh, I I just like the rapid fire, quick format, and I think in this day and age, look, you know, with the advent of these iPhone things that we're talking on now, kids. And younger people, it's all just uh, instant gratification type thing. So the shorter something goes on for, the better. So uh, in golfing terms, this is probably the shortest format there is. And, and it was a lot of fun. So yeah. definitely has a future. Now, you spoke about Liv. I've got to ask you about uh, suggestions that uh, that Lucas Herbert is going to join Cam Smith uh, as uh, as part of the, I guess, the Australian team. 
um, on the Live Tour. If you were giving advice for him to do? Well, yeah, I think with Lucas, uh, you know, it really depends on, on what he wants to do going forward with his game. Does he want to play majors, Olympics, things like that? Because obviously when you go to Live and your world ranking's going to suffer, those sorts of things probably aren't in the future for a while. And now that may all change, obviously. Um, the way Greg Norman's sort of talking about everything going forward and, um, and, and, and live golf in the future. But uh, it seems, you know, the PGA Tour and Live are coming together. So there's certainly no issue with players going anymore like there was in the beginning um, where they were you know, talking about the uh, human rights violations and sports washing. And, and that's the funny thing, actually, with sports washing, because after a while, no one really talks about it anymore. So I guess it does work yeah. in that way. It does wash it's over. They, it does wash over. It's yeah. all the money poured in. So, um, you know, a, a lot of it for, for Lucas is, um, you know, what is he, his legacy in the game? What does he want to do there? But you've obviously got Cam Smith. That's gone. And a lot of people are still very, very, you know, happy with him playing as an Australian and, and an amazing golfer. So uh, it, it's it's a personal choice, I think, in those regards. And then at the end of the day, obviously, it comes down to the dollars and cents. And I'm pretty sure they offered him quite a bit of money uh, uh, to go over that uh, team ripper. So um, I think they'll be one of the strongest teams this year, that's for sure. And they're going to give the guys a lot of uh, a lot of stick and a bit of their own for their money. And hopefully they can maybe beat the four races uh, once in a while, which would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> it just seemed a tough one with Lucas because his career is still very much on the up. Um, he's won three times on it the is. European Tour. He's had that one win on the PGA Tour. I know he had a poor year last year um, in America, but you just kind of, this is where it's a bit different from an Australian perspective. All the other guys have kind of done it. They've proven themselves. They've done what they've needed to do, whereas kind of feel Lucas, just outside the top 50 in the world, the that he would have perhaps been tempted to stay and stick it out to see mm. what happens, particularly when it comes to getting into major tournaments because you need to have that ranking. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the other thing was, I think, was it last year or the year before, I remember him going through a patch where he almost got sick of golf and just yep. didn't want to do he it. Did. So you, yep. I have a feeling he's one of those players that is maybe not in love with the game and he does it more as a job than anything. Yep. Look at it in those terms. I guess then it does come down to the dollars and cents. So everyone's different. Um, you know, everyone's choices are their own, obviously. I was a bit surprised when Cam went, to be honest. He, he just won the Open and I thought, oh, wow, he could. He has a chance to win a lot more majors and become Australia's greatest goal forever. But those chances are probably a little, you know, diluted now because he's not playing against PGA Tour players week in, week out. Uh, he's playing more against ones that uh, are either on the fringes or have had their best years are behind them. So... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting choice for Luke because I'm, I'm sure it's one he's thought long and hard about and uh, and we'll see how it all pans out. Uh, Nick, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. And, uh, of course, we can hear you uh, on the weekend uh, down at uh, Rose Bay Country Club uh, on uh, Fox right. and also KO. Okay. Thanks, Adam. Cheers.